Um, the Gospel of John. I don't, this is not the first time I've been here, and I hope it's not my last. But if I was preaching my last sermon, you got to think about this sometime. Where would I want it? Well, I would want it somewhere about here. Possibly Ephesians 1 or 2, Galatians 1, Revelation 1. But this would suit me fine. If this is the last, there's enough here for me to get it out. What I want to leave in this world. Look at John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he, of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. <clears throat> no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then art thou? Elijah? Or Elias, that's Elijah. And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? That's the one Moses talked about. And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou? 
I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah or Isaiah. And they which were and they which were sent of the Pharisees or by the Pharisees, and they asked him and said unto him, Why, why baptizest thou then? If thou be not that Christ, nor Elijah, neither that prophet. John answered them, saying, I baptize with or in water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes lasted I am not worthy to unloose. And these things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan, where John was baptized. Now I'm going to quit there. Uh, just go on. Anyway, may the Lord add his blessings to that portion of the reading of the first chapter of John. Amen. Now I want to concentrate on verses 11 and 12, but I'm going to kind of talk about all that I've read. He came into his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I've asked this before, or stated it before. Sometimes you ask somebody about their soul's condition. They say, I believe I'm saved. If you believe, you are saved. It's not if you believe you're saved, you're saved. Well, I believe I'm saved. Or you're not trusting the Lord then, are you? But if you believe, you are saved. Now, that's a, that's a legitimate question to ask. It's not a difficult question to ask. Belief is reception. To receive is to believe. To believe is to receive. It does not reject Christ. Now, we've got lots of religion in this world today. From that Facebook and the internet, uh, all over. I don't know how many medias there are. There's all kinds of religion. All kinds of things stated. But remember this. The Bible is the authority. Amen. And that's the only authority. I think it was John MacArthur put up a statement from him on Facebook the other day. He said, this world is full of deceptions and lies. They're all over. Most of these politicians, when they open their mouths, they're lying. That's true. Much of religion lies. How many hundreds of millions of people Believe that that priest turns that wine into the blood of Christ. Or that piece of bread. 
I mean, there's hundreds of millions of people that bow down to that every day. That's as big a lie as you could, you could manufacture. And it's been going on for quite a few hundred years. There's lies and deceptions everywhere. And there is coming an Antichrist. And when he comes, he will present more lies and more deception for this whole world. And people will follow. Look how many people voted for Joe Biden. Biggest criminal in the country. And his family. Look how many voted for Obama. A Muslim right after the Muslims destroyed the towers. People love lies and they believe lies. And the bigger the lie, the more they believe it. And it's even going to get worse. So, there's only one source of truth in this whole world. And right here it is. The Word of God. And it has not changed. You hear about all of these versions of the Bible. Oh boy, we got a, got a version. Now this is the real McGoy. We got this new version. And what you're saying is that God's people for the last 2,000 years have not had the truth. If you just now got a true, a true version, then for the last 2,000 years, all of God's saints have not had the truth which is a dirty, rotten, filthy lie. That's why when they find some kind of evidence, it always works out it's the same. Like the book of Isaiah and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Anyway, faith receives Christ. It does not reject Christ. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. Now listen here, verse 3. All things were made by Him. There's an issue that Ken Ham has dealt with on Facebook this past week, and there's always there. Well, do you think maybe God could have used billions of years and evolution to bring about creation? Why couldn't God have done that? God can do whatever he wills to do. But the fact remains, the Bible says that Jesus Christ, the second person of the triune Godhead, is the agent of creation and all things that were made were made by him. No, you ninnies trying to, trying to compromise, trying to make way for so-called false science and the Bible. No, God did not choose to bring us about from pond scum. 
He did not choose to bring us through monkeys or sponges or bacteria, anything else. God made Adam from the dust of the earth. He made Eve from the rib or the side of Adam. No other human beings have ever been made. All of these Dr. Hallgall scientists have never created one centimeter of life. Nothing that could ever be construed as life. They got something in a, in a test tube that was the wrong thing. It could have never worked. But they've never done anything. All things were made by him. You don't need, you don't need a, a Greek or an English scholar to interpret that for you. That's written so even you and I can understand it. All things were made by, by, by him. Huh. Well, what's the next thing you say? Well, it just backs that up. This is a Hebraism in the Greek New Testament. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now, that's an elaborate way of saying what he just got done saying. <coughs> so it gets back to the very simplistic thing. All things were made by him. How, how much more do you need to hear? Well, well, I believe on Jesus, but I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe on this Jesus then. And don't fool yourself into trying to think that you're going to go anywhere up because you believe on that Jesus. That Jesus can't save you. The only Jesus that can save you is the Jesus that by whom all things were made and without him was not anything made that was made. Is that plain enough? Now, what is his name? We believe on his name. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about names. I'm convinced that there's a whole lot of names that are weird names that don't mean a cotton-picking thing. My name. People say, your name's Jeremiah. No, I wish it was. It's just Jerry. What kind of a name is it, Jerry? I always hated that name. You like your name? I don't like mine. If it was Jeremiah, if it was, I'd be proud of that name. But no, it's on a birth It's just Jerry. What does it mean? It means that my aunt liked it. And my mother didn't argue with her. Same way my brother got his name. He hated his name, Lionel. There's an aunt 
She liked it. But I mean, at least they named him after some movie star, Lionel Barrymore. Most of you don't ever heard of him, but he was popular back then. I'm not even named after a movie star. I don't know. I'm not named after anything, Jerry. Jerry. Our names don't mean much of anything, but boy, they do in the Bible. Oh, Jesus, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And if you was back in the Old Testament, it would be Jehoshua. Man, is that name full of it. Boy, it is. Well, there's other things that pass as his names. For example, here we got in the first two verses of chapter 1. The Word was God. I think it's okay to call Jesus the Word. I think that's his name. He's the Word. Well, think about a word. Words are vehicles of communication. Imagine all these little cars running around your head. Kids, you got... Can, what kind of car you got up there running around? You got a car, you, you got a Corvette, or what do you like up there? Well, you got these cars up there, and you load them up with words. And you send them cars out, and there they go. Vehicles of thought. Well, if you don't put the right words in there, it ain't going to bring the right thought. That's why you ought to know your language. <laughs> Use a dictionary every now and then. I see on Facebook, I see preachers. They use words that don't even mean what they're trying to say. We ought to, ought to check ourselves out like that. But a word is a vehicle of thought. Well, Jesus said, no man has seen God at any time. But if you've seen him, you've seen God. If you've heard him, you've heard from God. Because the words that I speak, they came from the Father. Jesus is the communicator of God. He carries the thoughts and communicates of God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Now these people didn't recognize that. Most of them didn't. But a few did. And that's the way it is in their age. Most of them don't recognize it. Man... Do they badmouth the Bible? Do they badmouth Jesus? Do they badmouth all filthy things they say about it? But they don't know someday that's going to come and that's going to come back to them. Anyway, oh, look down here at verse 18. No man has seen God any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath Declared him. The son. The only begotten son. He has declared the father. No man's seen God at any time. But if you've seen the son. Through his word. You've seen the father. Because the son has faithfully declared the father. Isn't that marvelous? Well. God kept back nothing when he spoke Christ. He sent his son. 
He told us everything that we needed to hear. And it's still here, just as it came from God. Secondly, not only is he the word, he's the life. Jesus Christ is my life. Well, what's he talking about? Look at chapter 11 of John. Jesus said unto Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Well, there's a name. He is the life. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Well, what life does that mean? Every life that is life. <laughs> Satan has nothing to do with that. Joe Biden has nothing to do with that. Andy Bashir has nothing to do with that. Jesus Christ is the Word and He is the life. Well, you see, there's a problem in science. As they do all their investigating. It's called abiogenesis. Where'd life come from? Where did life come from? We know. They don't. Is the, is the information here for them? Oh yeah. Been here all along. But they reject it. They haven't received Christ. They reject it. But he is the life. We don't have to trouble our little pea brains to try to figure out where life came from. We know where life came from. It came from God Almighty. Jesus Christ is the life. He made everything that was made. And there was not anything that was made that he didn't make. He told us where it comes from. Now, physical life. We've talked about this before. You take a live frog, put it in a blender, seal the top, and you puree that frog. You turn that frog into green liquid, I guess. They say life is just a right combination of chemicals. Don't you have all the chemicals of frog life in that, in that blender? I mean, he was, he was, and kicking until you turned that thing on. 
And now it's just gooey mess. But all the chemicals are there. Because that top was sealed, nothing got out of it. Now, make that frog life, live again. Ah, oh, they'll run off from you. Where are you going, buddy? I thought you could make life. You could just get the right chemical. That's what they say that in that, <clears throat> that back there, way back when, the, the right chemicals got together. And a bolt of lightning hit it, and there came Frankenstein. That's what they try to, to lie to your kids in schools. Fayette County does it. So does every other county. Government schools. Now, where does life come from? It comes from the only source of life. He is the life and the source of all life, physical and Spiritual life. That's why somebody who's spiritually dead, lost, cannot conjure up a new nature. Amen. He said, well, you make your decision. If God doesn't do a work of grace in you, you'll never have spiritual life. Amen. All life comes from God. Didn't Jesus tell Nicodemus, you must be born from above. Born from below condemns you. That came from Adam. You must be born from above, from God. That's the new birth. And then in verse 9 of this chapter, well, look at verse uh, 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Notice his name was John. Notice his name was not John the Baptist. His name was John. Later on, God called him a Baptist. Jesus called him Baptist before he ever baptized anybody. And you'd be surprised how many so-called Baptist preachers don't know the difference there. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. John came to bear witness of the light. Here's the light. And John said in verse 8, he said he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. Now, I'm going to do this again. I've done it before. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now, the Armenians grab a hold of that. See, I mean, I sat under one at Old Ashton Avenue. I did. He said that, that God brings everybody to the position of where they can choose or reject. No, it doesn't. Bible doesn't say that. Not at all. So right there he said he lighteth every man. No. It didn't say he enlightened them. He lit them up. <coughs> he revealed them. 
He revealed them. You got a hundred men down a hundred feet in a cave or a mine. They're all blind and there's no light down there. Does that bother them? They're all stone blind. They can't see anything. And they're a hundred foot down in a mine with no light. It's dark as dark can be down there. Does that bother those blind men? If you don't tell them there's no light down there, they don't even know it. I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying that's a matter of fact. And if you look down there, you can't even see them. And if they don't say anything, you don't know they're there. <coughs> but, here comes somebody with a spotlight. And he shines that light down in that cave or that mine. All of a sudden, you can see all 100 of those men. They are now lit up. They're not enlightened. They still can't see. Amen. They don't know the difference in dark and daylight or any kind of light if you don't tell them. So when it says that he, this the light, the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, it didn't enlighten them, enlighten them. See, when God did a work of grace in you, he enlightened you. That's why you can sing Hank Williams' song, I Saw the Light. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Why? Because God enlightened you and you saw the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, that's pretty good stuff, isn't it? Yes. All right. Now, he is the light. If you don't see his light, you're in darkness. Somebody say, how do I know I'm saved? Look at John 8. Verse 12. And spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Well, let me give you another little thing here, right there. You see, these, these super intelligent people, I mean, they're way above normal. At least they tell us they are, I don't know. So they're there talking about the creation week. Well, you see, there must have been the sun, moon, and stars. Where'd the light come from? Oh, I know you probably see your problem. You don't know the light. Amen. Amen. And he said, 
Well, now who would have said that? Jesus, the second person of the triune Godhead, because everything that was made was made by him. <clears throat> and I have to say that light fits right in there. Well, where did that light come from? Let there be light, and there was light. Well, the moon, the sun, moon, the star wasn't made, what, the fourth day? Uh, see, that's your problem. That's their problem. They, they, they don't know him. Amen. He is the light. So, well, give me a scientific. I don't have to do that. He's the light. That's where the light came from. Anyway. Look at Isaiah 8 real quick. I don't take too much time here. Well, there's a lot of things in these two verses, but I'll get to the last one. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that uh, talk in tongues. <laughs> that's what he's saying. Seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter. Wizards that peep and that mutter. That's talking in tongues, folks. <laughs> that's what they do call themselves talking in tongues today that's what it is anyway should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead here we go to the law and to the testimony if they speak not according to this word <clears throat> what is it it is because there is no light in them. Ah. Paul said Christ in you the hope of glory. Well if Christ's in you. You've got light in you. And you don't reject his word. You don't reject him. You don't reject his word. They go around rejecting him. And rejecting his word. It's cause there's no light in them. Cause he's not in them. Anyway, we'll go back over here to chapter 1. Look what he says down here. He came to his own, verse 12, 11. His own received him not. Now you know who his own is. That's the Jewish nation. They still don't receive him. I think you have a rough time doing gospel mission work in Jerusalem right now, in Israel right now. As much as we respect the Jews, they don't like us at all. And yet there's nobody, there's no collective group that's any more on the Jews' side than Bible believers. Amen. But they uh, received him not. 
And they're going to receive this in his coming. The Antichrist, they're going to receive him in his own name. But anyway. But as many, didn't say everybody. Very limited verse here. Very non-inclusive verse. As many as received him. See, and I said a while ago, receiving is believing. And believing is receiving. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So see that, even to them that believe on his name, that's just said in, in apposition. That's like I said, a Hebrewism there in the Greek New Testament. Further explaining what he just said. Even to them, as many as received him, even to them that believe on his name. That just further explains, believe on his name. Receiving him and believing on his name. Same, same thing. But to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now let me tell you this. God did not give us divine power that we could make ourselves sons of God. That's how some people interpret that. I didn't make myself a child of God. He gave me the authority to be adopted into the family of God. It takes authority now. It takes authority. Now you can I'm not going to compare some state's laws with God's law. They're not on the same level. But we have to abide by our state laws. We live in the state of Kentucky, and there's certain things that we have to abide by that's Kentucky law. It's not federal law. Federal law doesn't come in, doesn't destroy all state law. We have state rights. So there are some things that we certainly have to abide by. Different states have different inflections of various things. They're close to the same all over. Not exactly, but... <clears throat> when you adopt a child... Now I've heard people talk about it. I know, what, I know what it is, especially a foreign adoption. You don't want to go, go there. You really don't want to go there. You talk, about, you talk about a lot of doing. Now, I don't know about a domestic adoption. I've never done that. But I did adopt one from Brazil, which is next to impossible to do. Matter of fact, it is impossible to go to Brazil, Brazil, and come out of there with a seven-year-old child and adopt her. It's impossible. You can't do it. You couldn't get out of the country. You couldn't get in this country. But I did it, and I did it pretty much legally. But boy, did we go through it, man! A lot. But all that to say this, 
You can't just pick up a kid and say, I want this kid for mine. This is going to be my kid. You can't do that. You may do it and hide, but you can't do it legally. It has to be with authority. <laughs> if you live in the state of Kentucky, it's got to be by the state of Kentucky's authority. Not even saying about the money. I'll tell you this, an adopted child, a legally adopted child, ought to be a thousand times grateful to be an adopted child. It takes a whole lot more to adopt a child than it does to get pregnant and have one. I mean, let's face it. A girl gets pregnant, that is not a great accomplishment. A boy sires a kid, that is not a great accomplishment. Don't tell me about what a great thing that is. It's a normal thing, and it happens almost inadvertently. It takes no planning, it takes nothing but a little time of pleasure. Now that is getting into this. Not, anyway, I hope you understand what I'm talking about. But to illegally, to legally adopt a child of any age, baby or any age, it is a major undertaking. And I mean, there are, you talk about examining you closely. They, they examine everything about you and your wife. I mean, you go, you go through a gauntlet of everything. Everything you've ever done or said. Besides all the money it cost. And besides the fact you had to pick that child. I want this child. <laughs> Isn't that something to be wanted? How much can you say about that? Well, now all that to say this. To them, as many as received him, to them gave he authority to become the sons of God. Well, that could be technot, probably children. Not just male, but male, female, children, child. To become a child of God. A child of God? God, the creator of this universe? God, the three times holy creator, sovereign, all-powerful God, and you're going to become his child? Heir, joint heir with Christ? My. They talk about lotteries, man. Biggest lottery ever couldn't hold a candle to what I'm talking about now. And to everyone who received him, that is, believed him, believed on him, he or she had the authority. It's legal <laughs> by the all-powerful authority Amen. to become a child of God. Man, Ooh. call that the right of sonship. You talk about come, becoming a, from a pauper, to a king, 
Well, according to the word of God, I had no family. I was Gentile. I had nothing. I had nothing to look forward to. And he took me from a pauper to a king, gave me the authority to become a child of God with the right that you have of everything as an heir of God, joint heir with Christ. And this came to those who were born of God. Mm -mm -mm. My goodness. Well, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. That's why I don't like those pictures for one reason. I don't know how Michelangelo painted that picture. He never had seen God. So I guess that picture on that Sistine Chapel ceiling had to come from his vain imagination, which means it ain't what he says it is. So the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. Uh, the son has declared the father by his position. Where is he? In the bosom of the father. That's where he came from. He's the only begotten. Christ has declared God by the right of. Now listen to this. I don't understand all this, but I believe it. Eternal generation. I don't understand all that. You understand that? I don't. Eternal generation. That means he's the son of God and he has been forever. <laughs> anyway, his nature is synonymous with God's nature. He's full of grace and truth. The world was made by him. He revealed the darkness. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And his love, he came into his own. God is love. When they talk about, the, about love, I'm talking about the Bible de definition. <clears throat> I'm not talking about the world's definition. You need to get away from that. Listen to this world about what love is. If they don't know God, they don't know love. For God is love. And that doesn't mean what this world means. Anyway, then look at verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now think about that. Take it away the sin of the world. Now the Armenians latch on to that. Say, see? Well, now wait a minute. Let's just, let's ask a couple questions about that. Is there any sin out here? Can, can anybody deny that there's sin in the world? I don't know how you could. 
There's more hate, murder, corruption, filth. And this, now that you've ever dreamed possible. There has been no end of sin. And there won't be in this world until the end and there's a new heaven and a new earth. But sin will still exist in the lake of fire. For they will continue to sin throughout eternity. But they won't sin in the presence of God. So, now sin's still with us. Then what does that mean? Taking away the sin of the world. It means exactly what he means in John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What's he mean by world there? All kinds of people in the world, Jew and Gentile. And that's all he means by that. All right, so he's the Lamb of God, the great Lamb of God that is the sacrifice for sin before God. He's the true Lamb, the Lamb of God's covenant with Abraham. He's the Lamb of prophecy. He's, he's the Passover Lamb, the Lamb slain from eternity. He is the Lamb of God. If you believe, you are saved. Amen. You believe on his name? Have you received him? Not one you fashioned out of your own imagination, but him. That one. That's, that's one I've been talking about. Let's all stand.